Hello, 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 everyone. This is your girl, Dr. Stephanie D. Barnes, host of Conversations from the C-Suite, the Girlfriend's Guide to Being a CEO. You know the drill. We're going to get started promptly in about two minutes. But until that time, we want to invoke the power of three because this is a conversation and we don't want to be talking to ourselves. So make sure that you invite at least three people Share this out to at least three groups or pages because we're talking about money moves, baby, and we need to have people in the house. So make sure you get your favorite beverage. I got iced tea tonight, but make sure you get your favorite beverage and let's get ready to have a great conversation. So while you are doing that, I'm going to share it out myself and we are going to have a great conversation in the C-suite. So Remember, invoke the power of three, invite at least three people. All right. Well, you know what time it is. It is time to get these conversations started. I am Dr. Stephanie D. Barnes, your host, CEO of C-Suite Women's Network, where I help women and a few good men to be the CEOs of their lives so they can be better CEOs in your business. And I want to welcome you to Conversations from the C-Suite, the Girlfriend's Guide to Being a CEO. And, you know, we want to help you to develop strategies that help you to be at the head of your table because every woman deserves to be in the C-suite of her life. She needs to have not only a seat at the table, but be able to make room for others. And Conversations from the C-suite is a power-packed hour of great conversations that provide women with a platform to share their businesses and their career experiences. We want to elevate your mindset so that we compel you to take action because CEOs don't just sit around and wait on things to happen. They make great things happen. And you know, the C-suite is where the decisions are made. And that's the power that you have to make the decisions that will enable you to create the life you desire and deserve. So your C-suite is where you are at the head of your table. Because a CEO, like just like the word says, chief executive officer gets things done, decides upon the strategy, works with the team to bring that strategy to fruition, inspires them to take things to an even higher level, and at the end of the day, gets things done. Now, you may be a CEO in certain stages of your life. You may be a CEO on the rise. You are just getting started on your journey to the C-suite. 
You may be a CEO on the move. You've been headed towards that C-suite. You may even have gotten your foot in the door, but you want more. And speaking of more, even if you are a CEO, remember there is always a greater level that you can take it to because champions don't stop training when they get to the top. They keep going and going so they can be even greater. So here in the C-suite, here in the in uh, in the in the C-suite, we are having conversations that are just more than talk. We want to equip you to make those CEO moves. We want you to create your circle of influence to elevate you educate and empower yourself so that you can elevate yourself. And then the only way that you're able to do that is to operationalize what you learn. So don't just learn something, feel something and do something. So I am so excited that we are going to have another great talk about making those money moves because you know puff daddy may be brother love now but it's still all about the benjamins baby your journey to the c-suite will go straight to the mail room if you can't get that financial statement in the black in order to truly create the life you desire and deserve you've got to have the ability to write the check and not just sign the back because you want to write your name on the front of the check, meaning you are making the decisions, you are creating the funds, you are not just waiting on that check to be handed to you, you're able to generate the cash, the power, the financial freedom that you desire. So we've got another great conversation with no other, none other than Umama Marzik. Marzouk, I didn't gave a whole new name. Umama Marzouk, <laughs> my girl, who is a financial wizard and one who is equipped to help you to get your Benjamins all in a row. So this is part two of the series where we're going to be talking about helping you to write that check. We want you to cash it multiply it and grow it. So without any further ado, I'm going to bring to the virtual stage here, my girl, Umama Marzouk. Hey, Umama, how are you? Hey, Stephanie. Hi, everyone. How's everybody doing today? <laughs> oh, you know, it's always a great day when we can have conversations in the C-suite. It is always a great day to make CEO moves. And you know how it goes. We want to do the who, the what, and the why. So why don't you tell us who you are, what you do, and why you make those CEO moves? Absolutely. Um, so my name is Umama and I've been doing finance now. Um, next week will actually be seven years um, that I will hit doing financial planning. And what got me into this is I there was something that was missing. I was working with real estate investors, helping them with their goals, helping them with their business, with their marketing, but not really talking to enough women and not talking to enough minorities and not really talking the reasons why they're making all these moves. Um, a client of mine out in California told me about becoming a financial advisor. I thought um, that word was nonsense because I was like, I know nothing about finance. Um, my background is in, my, in psychology and women's studies with a minor in marketing and, and communication. So finance wasn't in my 
vocabulary at all. But I learned about it and studied it and um, realized that that was the best decision ever. Um, been able to help a lot of small businesses get to where they need to be. And now I'm here. Now I'm here. I get to get to talk to different kinds of people, um, talk on different stages and really help people with their financial goals, not just individuals and families, but business owners and um, helping them get to that next next step of their life of what they're trying to accomplish. So yeah, that's the who, what, where, why. <laughs> yes. And one of the things that I hope you picked up on, because, you know, if you joined us on the first part, because this is part two of a two part series, you learned that Umama is a marathon run. She's literally traveled all around the world an adventurer. But one of the things I hope you picked up on is when someone saw in her a opportunity, and a talent and a skill instead of her saying no i don't know I, I don't know anything about finances or i don't you know instead of her just staying in a box she said you know what i do know and i can learn and i can do it and that's something that is really important as a ceo to recognize that you know you don't have to have all of the expertise to get to to become an expert. I mean, experts have to start somewhere. And what is it? Um, I was listening to, uh, I think it was Tony, Tony Robbins this morning or earlier today. And I was listening to a, a couple of different things. So I might be thinking about the wrong one. But anyway, they were talking about how, you know, you don't have to have everything to get started, but you got to get started to get everything that you want. So, you know, I just want to just congratulate you, Umama, for, you know, recognizing the CEO in you and recognizing that, you know, this was a skill set that you had and all you had to do was to develop it. So I always love to hear about women in particular, because, you know, we tend to talk ourselves out of challenges and talk ourselves out of getting to the next level because we think I'm not good enough. I don't have that skill set yet. And the, and the yet is what we always leave out. So um, congratulations for taking that step. And thank you for being a part of the conversation and helping women and minorities to make those money moves. So, you know, Absolutely. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Because I was going to ask you a question. But go on. Oh, well, I was going to say that. Um, so entrepreneurship i mean i i looked at my my parents and stuff and my mom was always she's an excellent example of a great housewife right mm -hmm. and my dad is a great example of the entrepreneur um but if you look back in history and you look back at time um so my background I'm, i am muslim and the in in islam the first entrepreneur female uh she was sayyidna khadija and so sayyidna khadija mm -hmm. she taught the prophet muhammad like on entrepreneurship and on business mm -hmm. so women empowerment and business like it stems back to i guess my background but mm -hmm. yeah it's it's always been something to you want to be able to follow that dream and i mean we live in america which is phenomenal so you want to be able to establish your own american dream and right. not just have a dream that someone else puts in for you but what are you making out of this country and what are you doing to make sure that you leave a legacy behind. Right. And that is a great segue that I wanted to talk about tonight. And that is 
getting started, you know, because a lot of times we think, well, you know, I don't have all the money yet. You know, how am I going to become rich? You know, you've got to start somewhere. And so one of the things that I wanted you to kind of help us to really begin thinking about is, you know, when we're ready to move from the mail room to the C-suite, when we're ready to write our names on the front of the check and not just on the back, you know, how do we get started? What are some things that we need to be thinking about as we're getting our finances together and, and being practical about starting other than unless, you know, we get an inheritance or win the lotto or, you know, a big pile of money falls into our lap, you know, we've got to start little by little. So if we want to get started, you know, how do you get started? What do you do? Absolutely. So once you've come up with the concept and once your business is actually legit, uh, you've sat down with an attorney to register your business. Uh, it is important to register your business. Mm -hmm. um, the next step that you want to do is you actually want to sit down with an accountant and find out what makes sense for your business. Should you set it up as an LLC, a C Corp, mm -hmm. or an S Corp? Um, all different kinds of registration for your business is different for tax implications. So mm -hmm. you want to make, you want to, see what's the best option for you in your business. That's a conversation to have with your accountant. Mm -hmm. um, the next step of action is, so when you're getting started in business, right, you're going to be investing in yourself. You're going to be, sorry, backtrack. You're going to be investing in the business first. Your first few years, you're investing in the business, but you want to be able to make sure that you're paying yourself first. Mm -hmm. So picture yourself in a house, right? Mm -hmm. And the bottom of the house, so this relies to not just your personal finance, but your business finances as well, too. So the bottom of the house is the foundation. The mm -hmm. foundation mm -hmm. is the protection aspect of things. So that's all your different insurances, mm -hmm. your liability, your disability, mm -hmm. uh, your property and casualty, your health insurance, um, your life insurance, making sure that that protection is there for the foundation. God forbid something was to happen to you or your business, the foundation is there. Um, and then also an emergency fund. So you're setting money aside. Yes, you're putting money into the business, mm -hmm. but something was, if something was to happen, you want to make sure that that money is set aside for that business as well, too. Um, let's just say that your business makes a hundred thousand dollars its first year right let's just yeah. we're just going to throw an, yeah. an even number uh so a hundred thousand dollars your first year you want to make sure that you have at least ten percent of that set aside so ten thousand dollars set aside god forbid something wants to happen to the business that you want to fix it mm -hmm. so once that foundation mm -hmm. is established for your business mm -hmm. and it's a matter of really mm -hmm. systematically paying yourself mm -hmm. of course your first few years mm -hmm. you are everything in the business right mm -hmm. you are whatever hat you want to wear that day yeah. you're wearing it whatever hat um, you put on the table you got to put it on exactly <laughs> exactly so your your first year in the business you're paying it but then you need to transition into the sense and asking yourself the value of your business and the value of yourself does mm -hmm. it make sense to hire out someone and pay someone a, a portion of the proceeds that you're making, and then that way you can focus on what you're good at, or are you are you going to continue just slaving away and doing everything in the business? Because if you're doing everything in the business, you're really not focusing on growing the business, and it's only going to stay at a certain level. Right. So if it's staying at a certain level, 
and you want to up your game so you can be able to live the, the life that you want to live, um, then it's a matter of delegating your business. So when you're getting started, you want to make sure you're setting money aside for yourself, money aside for an emergency, and then money aside for the insurances, the protections, making sure that's all established. Yes. So that's the foundation yeah. of your house. Yes. Then we get to the yeah. next level. We want to see what the foundation can hold, right? So let's talk about the basement. Basement isn't the foundation. The basement is that cash reserve. Mm -hmm. That cash reserve allows you to set money aside for certain projects. Um, let's just go for, give me an industry. Give me an industry that you're thinking of right now. Well, coaching uh, industry. <laughs> um, cooking industry? Yeah. Is yeah. that what you said? Yeah, coaching, yeah. Okay. First head popped in my head. <laughs> okay. So with the with the cooking industry, right? You want to be able to buy the right uh, pots and pans and fry laters yeah. and all the all mm -hmm. the right things for your business. So when you're when you're cooking, you're making the right stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's the cash reserves that you're buying the equipment, you're buying the tools. So once you have your foundation, you have the basement. Well, we need this house, this business to grow. That's when you're talking about the different investments. And depending on what kind of business that you've set your business up, um, and there we'll get into, into, into it later on, but depending on the kind of business that you want, you can either set yourself up with um, that your business is paying you and you're, you have proceeds from the business as well too. So a 401k, you can set it up so your business that matches the 401k. Um, or a 403B, or you could set up an IRA for yourself or a Roth. So you want the different kinds of investments for mm -hmm. your business. So now that the business is, it's got the columns, right? It's got the, the different columns that's holding up the house. Mm -hmm. um, with those columns, well, you still need that, that second level for the house, right? Because you're in business to do what? What's the end result of your business? To sell it or to... Right. Yeah. Sell it. Yep. Or to, to, so to sell it, to buy it out, to sell it so that uh, you're not working in it, it's working for you. Exactly. Exactly. And we'll touch into how the different ways that your business can grow for you in a little bit. Um, but you want to have that that second level of the house. So it's really the retirement. What's your exit strategy right. for your business? Um, and it's a really a matter of what kind of retirement do you want to live? Mm -hmm. What are you setting up? And that's when you make sure that that business is established after that. Um, so if you're thinking college funding, you could put that in there as well, too. Mm -hmm. But then when you're looking at the roof, what's the roof of the of the business, the estate plan? Mm -hmm. So your business mm -hmm. also needs an estate plan, not just for your personal life, for your business life as well, too. Mm -hmm. So once you have your financial house set up in place, you want to make sure that it, your money is being divided up in the different categories, because right. if you're only focusing on the retirement aspect of things or you're only focusing on the investment aspect of your business, your house is going to fall apart. Right. Your business right. and your, your personal finance, because right. your business life is funding your personal life. Right. And, you know, you, you hit a, a really important point, and that is, you know, planning kind of with the end in mind, you know, we, 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 because I think a lot of times we think linearly, but we mm. put, we, we think of 
it one step as a time rather than thinking about it as, you know, you've got to get to this point. Because I know for a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, they are in, in the startup phase. They're like, oh, my gosh, I can hardly pay my bills or I'm just trying to keep it all together. I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to meet these needs or whatever. What do you mean thinking about retirement? Retirement? I just got started. I barely gotten started. But, you know, it's all about thinking about where it is that you want to go. Because, you know, one of the things that, you know, I do with my clients because is is you know, helping them with launching their business is really getting them to think about, you know, what is the lifestyle you want? What it, where is it that you want to go? And what are the things that you need to be doing like right now in order to be able to do that? And I always, it's, it's called a, it, you know, do you have your passport exercise, exercise with my clients? Yeah. Because a lot of people will say, I want to travel around the world. I want to be an international this. I want to do all these things. And you ask the question, do you have your passport? No, they don't have their passport. So you can't you can't go anywhere internationally if you don't have your passport. So we've got to get in the mindset of being ready so that we don't have to get ready. And you you talk so much, focus on, you know, this whole aspect of, thinking about building your business as a house and you've got to have all these layers, but you know, nobody builds a house and leaves the roof off, you know, not on purpose, (laughs) you know, so that's why as you're building it, you've got to be thinking about, well, retirement is, is the roof. And even though it's, it's a starter home and even though, you know, I don't have it fully furnished yet, I still have all the major components and I'm thinking that way. Because one of the things, you know, last last episode, we talked about wealth mindsets and how important it is to have a wealth mindset and to really think about how you think about money. Because, you know, that's one of the reasons that, you know, I focus on being the CEO of your life, because if you think of yourself as a CEO, you're thinking about, you know, the 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 business aspect of it, the planning aspect of it, the strategy aspect of it. And. You know, we've got to start thinking about our money at, and, and building our mindsets around, you know, where we're positioning ourselves to grow. Because, you know, if you don't think about your business as growing, you're going to make decisions right now that are going to stunt your growth and you never will go. So, you know, exactly. that, that's such an important point that you've made about, you know, thinking about this, again, from a strategic perspective. Exactly. And everything, it, it goes down to the foundation. When mm. you're establishing a business, when you're learning something new, everything comes down to the foundation. Mm-hmm. So anyone who's in business, um, the first thing that I tell I tell my clients to do is that you want to make sure that you have all the right insurances in place. Mm-hmm. And now no one wants to talk about insurance, right? Because why? why? Why do you want to talk about insurance? But here's an example of actually a client Um, They called me. So this this client was referred to me and they called me and they're like, hey, I kind of need some disability insurance. Now, whenever someone asks for disability insurance, you already know that the accident has already occurred. Yeah. Um, At least in my world. So I asked them, I said, well, what had happened? And they said, oh, um, they own a flooring company and they were removing some some plywood or whatever it is. And I guess they ended up moving to the wrong way and uh-huh. they ended up pulling a back muscle mm-hmm. ended up getting surgery 
and they're out of commission uh, for the next three months. Yeah. So this business yeah. owner, they they're making their income on themselves, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they have two other employees and then their wife um, has jumped onto the business in the last year, but the wife doesn't really run the business. Mm -hmm. The husband does. Mm -hmm. So when I was asking him, for example, what's his exit strategy? And he's like, well, I guess I should talk about like if my wife wants to buy me out or mm -hmm. whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, and it's so important to evaluate your business and evaluate what's going on. Mm -hmm. So the reason why it's important to evaluate your business is because God forbid there's an injury. Mm -hmm. Do you guys actually know what the main two injuries are in the world in well, the United States? Hmm. What's that? So there's two. The main one is mental health. Uh-huh. And the second is your uh -huh. yeah. 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 So if you're out of commission working, that means there's no money coming in. Right. Um, that means no one's gonna be writing those checks. Yeah. And you're waiting to get paid on an injury when you could be generating money. Um, so every every six months to a year, you should be evaluating how much your business is. Um, there, are, there are people out there that go and give evaluations for a business. They can run the numbers for you. A business that you established five years ago is not the same value as it right. is today. Right. Um, yesterday, actually, we were with a family friend and God bless her. She's in her 80s. And she was telling us that when she first started working, minimum wage was a dollar, which <laughs> my mind. <laughs> and she was saying that teachers, I was like, what? Uh, and she was saying teachers made $3,000 a year. Mm -hmm. mm. So put yourself in the mindset, right? We already know that there's a few things that we have no control over. Taxes, inflations, life events, right? Mm -hmm. Things happen. Right. But ask yourself this if you're a business owner, if you just had the bare minimum that you needed for your business and everything else was just extra, the revenue, what are you going to do with that extra revenue? Mm -hmm. How are you actually going to make mm -hmm. your business grow more? Yeah. Um, Stephanie sent me this earlier and it just hit home. So I'm going to read it out how it ties all into this. So the different streams of income, there's earned income, right? Which is income working from a job. Mm -hmm. There's profit income, mm -hmm. which is income from buying and selling. There is interest income, income from lending money, mm -hmm. residual income mm -hmm. when you continue to get paid after the work is done. Dividend income, income from owning stocks. Rental income, income from renting a house, capital gains, assets increasing in value, and royalty income, income from others using your idea. So if you take those concepts and you apply it into your business, and if you don't have the right protection for your business before you're going out and doing it, so many of these different ways of, of earning income you're going to be missing out on. Mm -hmm. Because if you can't do the work, how are you going to be writing the checks? Right. Right. So it's a matter yeah. of, of asking yourself, how can I get myself out of the business so the business continues to run and I don't have to be there? Yes. Yes. And, you know, and that's that's why, you know, that's why I think about this, you know, from a, a strategy perspective in that 
you know, if you don't ask yourself these questions, then you end up finding yourself in a position where it's forced upon you. And now you are in a defensive mode as opposed to an yes. offensive mode. And, yes. you know, that's why, you know, day one, you know, you need to be thinking about, you know, scaling your business and positioning yourself today for growing, you know, later on and thinking about, you know, how can you work less in your business and have your business work more for you? Because, you know, I'm yes. in a service industry. I'm a coach. Right. So even though I've created digital products and I have, you know, things that I can, um, you know, that my clients can invest in that don't require me personally, most of what yeah. I do involves me because I'm giving the advice. But, you know, when I first started my business, it was all I didn't have any digital products. It all, the only way you could work with me was to work with me. So that means the only right. touch, you know, another client was to have was to invest my literal time. But, you know, it's, right. it's all about because I've got this this master plan, you know, in terms of of how I grow and build, how I add you know, different people to my team in different ways, but I had to get into the mindset. I had to learn this. It wasn't, even though I worked in corporate America and understood the concept of, you know, the, the, the literal C-suite and departments and things like that. When I started running my own business, it's like I, all that stuff went out the door for whatever reason initially. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's got to, to think about is really think about ourselves as CEOs. So CEOs don't do everything in the company. They set the strategy, they set the direction, but they work with a team to to actually yeah. to build that out. And so, you know, that that's something that that you've got to think about is, you know, how do you get there and not be fixed uh, or fixated on the idea that everything that you do in your business has to be done by you because if right. you find yourself in a situation where you're injured like your client was well if you're the only person that's doing something then um you know you're not going to your business is going to stop when you do right right and it's it's a matter of asking yourself like what am i good at what do i enjoy and what mm -hmm. can i delegate out um so the more that you can delegate and you're focusing on doing what's good for your business and mm -hmm. growing your practice, um, mm -hmm. whatever you're doing, the better for yourself. So Stephanie, let's take you for example, right? Mm -hmm. You're in the service industry, but mm -hmm. you've learned to have other streams of income from your business. Mm -hmm. But God forbid something was to happen to you, your voice was gone. Mm -hmm. I mean, the great thing is that you still have your fingers and then you can still communicate with people. Right. But at some point you need to talk to people, right? right. Because you're a coach. Yes. So coaches, right? And I and I have um, a handful of clients that are coaches. I always tell them, like, make sure that your voice is always um, like just like musicians and, and singers. Right. Mm -hmm. They're drinking their lemon uh, water. They're they're practicing their throat. They're making sure that everything is just because that's your biggest asset that's that right. you have right now for your clients. So if your voice is gone, it's like, oh, OK. Um, so it's a matter of knowing if your business, can it function without you? Mm -hmm. Um, let's take Tony Robbins, for example, everybody knows Tony Robbins, right? And Tony Robbins is a magnificent, phenomenal, um, speaker out there. And he goes out there and he performs, 
But what he's learned to do is because he's been in the business now for what, over 30 years or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, mm -hmm. He's learned to bring on other coaches as well, too, mm -hmm. because at some point, Tony Robbins is going to retire. Right. News fact, everybody, we're all going to retire at some point. Yes. You're either going to yeah. retire by choice, retire yeah. by death, retire yeah. by disability, or retire by being bought out. Yes. Yeah. So, or just dissolving as a business. So ask yourself, how do you want to retire? And if you're not preparing those things early on in mm -hmm. the foundation with your business, then what's going to happen is you're going to continue writing the back of the checks and not writing the front of the checks. Right. Um, so how do you have that? What do you need to do? You need to make sure that you're setting money aside from the get-go and mm -hmm. into a fund mm -hmm. that you don't touch. And yes. that's the money that yes. is going to allow your business to grow. Yes. All right. We're going to put a pin in that for just a moment because that's the moment to bring the uh, sponsors moment. So I just want to let you know that this episode was brought to you by C-Suite Women's Network, where you can find professional and personal leadership development, strategic planning, and organizational and performance excellence strategies. At C-Suite Women's Network, you can develop excellence through the training, coaching, and accountability support that helps you to map out your dreams so that you're not just dreaming and you're actually doing. The mission of C-Suite Women's Network is to equip women to be the CEOs of their lives, to use their education, experience, and influence to create the lives they desire and deserve. So be the CEO of your life so you can be better CEOs in your business, get equipped to get the results you desire in your business. You can go to www.discovertheceoinyou.com. That's www.discovertheceoinyou.com to schedule your strategy session today. So we were talking about developing, you know, recognizing the inevitable and planning for it because there are a lot of things that you know in your business. And like you say, everybody is going to retire. And the question for you as the CEO is, are you going to retire by choice? Are you going to retire when something happens? And you really don't want to retire by death because then you, you really not going to enjoy it. So, <laughs> but, you know, you've got to begin planning for those things now. So, you know, one of the, the, important parts of developing, you know, a, a strategy or getting a strategy. We talked about mindset last episode. You know, you got to have the right mindset for your wealth and really thinking about your business as a business and thinking about it growing. But it doesn't do you any good to think about it if you don't do it. And so your habits are really important in helping you to effectuate a strategy. So, Mama, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, you know, as a CEO of a, of a small business that is going to grow into a larger business, going to scale, going to be in a position to where the business is working for them and you're not working completely in the business. What are some of the habits that a, a CEO on the rise? Remember that the, the beginning of the episode, I talked about how, you know, you're at these different levels of CEO on the rise. You know, when you're just getting started or thinking about getting started, but you, you you're just. Uh, on your way. 
you got the CEO on the move. You, you've made some traction. You've, you've gotten some things done and you're, you're getting ready to grow. And then you've got the CEO who's established. What are some es essential habits from a financial perspective that CEOs need to be thinking about so that they can have the habits that support the mindset that will actually help them to execute their strategies? Uh-oh. Oh, this one is catered to women and minorities um, specifically, which is register your company as either a woman-owned um, business or a minority-owned business. Mm -hmm. The reason why is that there's so many grants out there, literally, like, mm -hmm. so. well, the percentage is small. The percentage is only 5% of grants. However, the amount of money that's available. So there's 5% of uh, grant money that's available to women and minorities, which is a small percentage. However, there's so much money out there that they're waiting for women and minorities to register. And then that way they can get some assistance. Mm -hmm. So one, I would definitely register your company. Um, the second is meet with an accountant to find out what is the best way to register your business is it going to be an llc is it going to be a c corp is it going to be a s corp the mm. reason why that's important is because how how you and your business is being taxed is going to be completely different right. um uh, 2018 the tax codes have changed um there's a lot of great information that i could give to business owners that we don't have time to dive too deep too much and deep into this session, but you can definitely contact me individually and I could talk to you about it. Um, but you want to make sure that you're registering your company in the right way. Mm -hmm. The second thing is mm -hmm. that when you're establishing, oops, sorry. <laughs> um, when you're establishing the funds uh, mm -hmm. where it's being allocated, mm -hmm. you want to make sure it's going into three different categories. I'm going to mm -hmm. give you the categories mm -hmm. right now. One second. Um, you want to make sure that your income's going into a um, taxable, tax deferred, and tax free different streams of income. So there's three different tax triangles, and those are the tax triangles. Um, I'm not going to get into specifics of what goes into there, but you want to make sure that you're going in there. If your company, if you decide that you want to set up a 401k, allow yourself to match onto that 401k, or you can do it separate and you can have yourself an IRA. Mm -hmm. uh, for the uh, tax benefits. And then also you want to be setting aside money for an emergency fund or money set aside for the cash reserves. Um, so a lot of times what I, what I often see more often than not is a lot of businesses will get into so much debt because mm -hmm. they either take out a loan mm -hmm. or their credit cards because they're buying so much to invest in the business first, but they're not really investing in their, in yourself. Mm -hmm. So, um, if you're going to take out a loan, make sure that you're doing the right shopping around for it. Mm -hmm. Go to credit unions. Credit unions tend to have better rates than regular bank. Um, establish a relationship. If you decide to go in partnership with somebody, do your research on that partnership. Um, because more often than not, people tend to get uh, screwed over by a partner because it wasn't the right partner. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure what their goals are and what you're aligned in to make sure that the finances are are intact and then also for your business on the on the financial aspect of things is that you don't necessarily need to buy the newest and brand new um, equipment for your business mm -hmm. there's a lot of times mm -hmm. that 
I mean, businesses are turnover all the time, which is a good thing. So let's just say you are, uh, own a hair salon. If you own a hair salon and Sally's hair salons just went out of business, well, you can go purchase their stuff. You know, um, just you can recycle the stuff. You don't need, like I said, you don't need to get the brand newest stuff until your business has already been established. Um, mm. Your first few mm. years in business, and well, we're in the internet age, right? We're, we're in the digital age. So your business really should be online. You should be having multiple ways of how your business is being generated. Mm -hmm. um, word of mouth is mm -hmm. always king, referrals. However, you want to make sure that the publicity is out there. Um, so have your clients yeah. write good reviews on you and every six months value or sorry, you value your, your business to see, is it being waged out with your competitor? So mm -hmm. if you're charging a hundred dollars yeah. for a fee, but your, um, for a service, but your competitor, for example, is charging one thirty-five, you're cutting yourself short by $35. Right. And more often than not, I find women. What is it? So you don't want to be a bottom feeder, where you just kind of exactly. And 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 I'll and I'll because uh, I think this is what you were kind of getting ready to get into. You know, is that a lot of times, you know, particularly women, uh, business owners will not demand the prices that actually reflect their value. You know, they're, yes. they're, you know, they'll think, well, you know, I, I need to wait before I can charge this. or I'm not this person or that person or whatever, but you need to charge the value of your services because yes. what you don't want to have happen is, you know, your peers are bringing in the income that matches is commensurate with their value, but you're struggling, even though you're working harder or, or just as hard, you know, you really want to get into the mindset to, to not be afraid to ask for what you're worth and, and the value that you're giving to your clients. And it's a matter you're, you're going to be putting in the grind. You're going to mm -hmm. be putting the hours, um, but make sure you're also taking time to like, make sure that your mental health is, is on tax as well too. But your first few years, you're going to be putting in the time. Mm -hmm. So I mean, Stephanie, when I came over to, to, to see you, I mean, you were busting your butt still working. Like we, it was, it was late night and I was like, let's go out. And you're like, I got to do a coaching session with a client. So yeah. it's like, I'm trying to get this girl out to go, go explore Atlanta. And she's, yeah. she's out there coaching. So it's like, you're going to be putting in those hours, but it's yeah. really, you want to develop that, that strategy of how are you working those hours? Because yeah. you could be working in your business, but not on your business. Because you, you bring up a great point, you know, and, and we've just spent an entire, let's see, I think seven episodes literally focusing on mental health. But because it is such a critical aspect of being a great CEO, because you've got to preserve your your most valuable and irreplaceable asset, your mind, your, your literal mind. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about, um, you know, I, I haven't gotten there yet. But, you know, when I my, my I have a goal about how much I want to work in my business. And, you know, the goal is, you know, at some point to generate the revenue to where I, I'm planning for vacations because, you know, you, you or and, and time off and, and self-care because you have to put that in the plan just like you do everything else. I, I still am guilty of not doing enough of it. I put that out there, you know, but 
you know, if you want to have, because, you know, when, when you worked for a company, you know, you had your, what, two weeks vacation, four weeks vacation, whatever. And it was built into the company's compensation structure for how they accounted for the time that you would be away. And, you know, even in the, in the right. corporate setting, people don't take their PTO. Now, when I, when I worked in P, in the corporate, I took all my PTO, my paid time off. I never left anything on the table, yeah. but the point here is you got to develop the habits around your business that help it to be strong enough to where you can build in the time for self-care. You need to plan for that just like you're planning for a new service or planning to work so that, you know, you're able to take care of yourself. And that's a financial decision, you know, deciding yes. on your lifestyle, how much you want to work per year, how many, you know, times, because what's the book? Uh, was it? The, it's over here. Oh yeah. The four hour work week, you know, really yes. thinking about automating okay. your business source, uh, outsourcing things, but it all takes planning. The you know even with uh, Tim Tim Ferriss and the four hour work week, he didn't just up one day and boom, I'm gonna work four hours. He planned for it, and and one he right. saw he was able to do it and 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 put those things into place. And so it's it's all a part of planning for time off, just like you plan for you know the revenue that you want to generate in your business. You've got to put that into the equation. So that you're not in a position where you need to take off, but you can't afford right. to. Right. And it, and it's so true. I mean, mental health is, I mean, I, I feel like almost everything I listen to now relates back to, to mental health because it's so important because it makes no sense to have all this great financial wealth if you mm -hmm. don't have your mental health. So right. it brings me to the point that when you're in business for yourself, you have to create your own benefits. Mm -hmm. There's no one out there that's going to say, Hera, you got these health benefits. You get two weeks of vacation. You're going to get this, this, and this. So you have to create your own benefits. And it's a matter of, I find a lot of times, especially when people get first into business, let's just say that they left a good cushiony job, right? Mm -hmm. And that good cushiony job uh, gave them benefits. And they're like, I want to replace my income my first year. I tell people, let's be realistic. That's not going to happen your first year, right? Mm -hmm. You have to build up to it mm -hmm. because at least when mm -hmm. you had a corporate job, they're giving you all this, but that corporate job has already established what needs to happen and yeah. they have that revenue yeah. that they can pay you. Right. But your business, if, you're, if your business isn't generating any revenue, your first year, you're not going to be walking away making six figures. I mean, you can, don't get me wrong, you can. Yeah. Um, there are certain companies that will allow you to do that. It depends on the industry that you're doing, but mm -hmm. you want to be realistic mm -hmm. with what you're actually paying yourself. So you might get a pay cut and you need to ask yourself when you're starting that business, if you're going to make, get that pay cut, obviously that's going to affect your life and lifestyle, right? Mm -hmm. So that pay cut mm -hmm. then, because now you have to pay for your own benefits. So those own benefits, how are you going to tie that into the things that you need for to establish what you need? Yeah. Um, and it takes time. It definitely takes time. Right. Right. And it take it takes time and it takes planning. And and it also, I believe, takes flexibility because, you know, yes. one of the things if I hadn't learned anything in the past four years is that things do not 
always work out as you plan, but they always work out as they should. Yes. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, many times we get fixated on the plan and we miss out on the opportunity. And the thing is, you have to be responsive to whatever is happening around you. Because, you know, you can miss out on a great opportunity because the opportunity doesn't look like, you know, what you had pictured in your mind was the way that you're going to make your your revenue. You know, so when when yeah. opportunities, you know, come up, you know, because going back to the beginning of the show, when you talked about, you know, you were advising real estate clients in, in one mm-hmm. area and then an opportunity arose and rather than saying, well, no, this is what I do. I'm going to stick with this. This is the plan. You know, you were flexible enough to accept that opportunity. And so that's something that, you know, when you really want to think about a CEO, they're always watching the market and companies Mm. have to be responsive to the market or any, any, anytime you're selling anything, you're responsive to the market. So what that means is, you know, you've got to be flexible enough to be able to adjust in a way and not just adjust, meaning you take what's given to you, but you're proactive and you're seeing the trends and you're studying your industry, which brings me to another point in terms of your finances. You know, you've got to build in the time for professional development or or industry development or business development because you know, you really want to think like a company. I mean, a, a big company, they they got an R&D department, a research and development department that's looking at the next thing. Then they've got the department that's bringing out what's on the the um, the market right now. Then they've got a department that is innovating and creating new things. And, you know, so, you know, you've got to think about that, too. Now, you, you're a smaller version of that, but that doesn't mean you can't partner with others to be able to do that. And it's all about being in that mindset again of really thinking about this in in a holistic way that, you know, you're not just working on these different segments, but you see your business, you see where you want to go and you're being responsive to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it all the different compartments, it's again, you're the CEO, you're designing these different compartments, you're designing these different benefits, you're designing the different aspects of how your business is going to be. So when you get into business, it's important to ask yourself, who's on your board? Mm -hmm. Now, Ah. a lot of people, they want to support a business, but it's like, or they want to establish a business, but they don't have a board. Mm -hmm. And you really need that board because that board is going to be your, your, um, your sound that allows you to, let's just say you're like, you know what? Um, I saw a really good property down the road and I feel like we should invest in this property because I know we'll get more business. Mm-hmm. And let's just say two of your board member goes, mm, that property has a history of water damage. Mm-hmm. It's a great location, but it has a history of water damage. If you, let's just say that you didn't listen and mm-hmm. you bought that property. Um, you're like, great, I'm going to fix it up and I'm going to put my name on there and we're going to put Umama Marzouk on there. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's my company now. Mm-hmm. Um, two months down the road, water damage starts to happen. Mm-hmm. And now you're paying money to make this water damage get fixed. Let's fast forward six months down the road. 
this water damage is getting really bad and also it's about to snow. So yeah. now yeah. the building that you thought you just fixed two months ago is in ruins. Mm -hmm. Fast forward, not mm -hmm. even eight months down the road when you first bought that building and the water department comes to you and says, sorry, ma'am, um, this business, this this building that you just got bought, it's it's not in compliance with our rules and regulations. Yeah, you can't have the building. Yeah. So if you didn't have a board that allows you to check you, your mm -hmm. board isn't there to mm -hmm. to go against you, but they're there to check you to make sure that you're not just going in with emotions. Because a lot of times when we're going to do something, we're doing it with emotions. So that board is is that sound to say mm -hmm. that's not going to be a good investment. We should look at the property that's maybe like two blocks down the road the location isn't the greatest but i know that there's going to be traction over there mm -hmm. um so you want to make sure that you have a board that's that's yeah. going to tell you the yays yeah. or the nays yeah. um yeah. also with your with your business regarding the financial aspect of things understand that if you're going to have some sacrifices your first year well can you negotiate with somebody can you go back to the bargaining days mm -hmm. Hey, can you do my hair if I, um, I'll, I'll send you referrals or, you know what, I'll write you a good, good review on Yelp. Um, or let's just say that you need a new suit and you're like, maybe you gained some weight or you lost some weight and you're just like, oh, the suit's not necessarily fitting, right? Maybe you could talk to one of your friends and ask them to borrow your suit. That way you can look presentable for your event until you're able to to get the the proceeds to, to make it. Um, so negotiate. Everything goes comes down to negotiating. Yeah. Um, just because yeah. you're in business doesn't mean that you need to be dishing out all this money your first few years of business. Right. And of course, you know we've getting uh, close to the end of the hour, but this is such a a powerful piece to uh, to close out on, and that is. Truly understanding that if you want to make money, you don't do it by yourself. You know, you've got to have your team. You've got to have your board. You've got to be willing to ask help. And I'll just, you know, I'll just kind of lay myself out here. You know, I am like the ultimate superwoman. I believe I can do it all by myself. And one of the you things. Are <laughs> yeah, I am. I got the S on my chest. But, you know, um, but one of the, the biggest uh, things that I've committed to doing is not only asking for help, but letting others help me and, and just making and, and not think of it as getting help, but but building these alliances. And because mm. you talked about negotiating and, and bartering and, and just being creative about how you get the things you want, you know, because I'm working on this really capital intensive project. I've got a new book coming out and it's, it's capital intensive. And so, you know, my money is a little funny as I get. Uh, you know, get get this project off and you're going to have those ebbs and those lows. But I needed some coaching around something, you know, because, again, I'm thinking beyond where I am right now. And so now is not a good time to invest yet more capital into the level of coaching that I need. But I need the coaching and it's going to cost me to not have the coaching. So what did I do? I came up with a solution where I'm going to give business advice because the, the coach that I'm working with needs business advice. What do I do? I help people to develop business strategies. <laughs> I need the, the expertise they have. So we're, we're trading services. 
So I'm investing yeah. in them. They're investing in me and it's a win-win situation. And I think that's something that we've got to be creative about and be willing to understand how we can collaborate, how we can create these alliances and not doing it all by ourselves. And, and the last thing I just want to say is this and how important it is, because I speak from experience, um, you know, that how important it is to surround yourself with wealthy people because, you know, I, I think it's <laughs> Les Brown that says, you know, if you if you have five uh was if you if, yeah, if you've got nine broke friends guess who's gonna be the 10th <laughs> you right yeah so it's really important and it's not for the 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 point of socializing with rich people but understanding their habits and the things that they're doing and the things that they're not so you know sometimes it's physically being around other wealthy people but also tapping into people who have uh, achieve the level of success that you want and listening to them and learning. You can do it through books. You can do it through, because I'm, I'm listening to this series. I bought it a year ago and, you know, and it has made such a difference in my life. I've in the last two weeks, I'm like, Oh my gosh, why didn't I do this a year ago when I bought the thing? <laughs> but right. it well, is so important. You got to be ready. Right. And I'm one, trying to one, one when they should happen. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one place that I will highly recommend to all people that are just getting started. Um, it's a free service. It's called score. Mm -hmm. Um, every single city has it. So I don't remember what it stands for, but score it's retired business people that they're ah. literally just volunteering that they can help you write your business plan. They can help you um connect you with the right people so if you need like a business attorney or if you need an accountant or if you need a financial advisor whoever it is they could connect you so find your local score um and they can connect you with the right services to make sure that your business is is worded right first of all but make sure that it's also headed in the right di direction a direction for success and not a direction for failure yes yes well, I just want to recap a couple of things and you can chime in too to make sure because, you know, in, on, in the conversations from the seats, we want to make sure that you feel something, learn something, do something. So we want to recap I mean, because Umama has dropped the bomb in terms of just all these wealth nuggets. You know, she talked about, you know, getting started, you know, making sure that you have that foundation. Think about building your business like a house. Nobody builds a house and leaves off the roof. The roof for your business is your exit strategy, your retirement. So even though it's, it's a brand new business, you've got to build the roof. And the more you build, the more you begin building right and developing these habits, it's easier to develop new habits than it is to break bad habits. So start off right. Yeah. Um, she also talked yeah. about those, those different streams of income. Be thinking about, you know, how do you eventually get your business to work for you and not just you working in your business. You talked about the of, of your, your board, making sure you have your board, your advisors, the people who can be your sounding board, the people who you can learn from, and the people who are going to help you grow. Were there some other nuggets that you want to drop uh, or, or just kind of recap? Well, I'm going to see the eight streams of income again, and then yeah. I'm going to tell say the different ta tax strategy again. 
So the eight streams of income is earned income, profit income, interest income, residual income, dividend income, rental income, capital gains, and royalty income. So ask yourself, how do you want your business to be generating money? Because your business can actually generate all eight of those things, but it's really mm -hmm. about planning as Stephanie keeps stressing. Planning is such a key word. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you need to constantly be, be <laughs> planning. And then how you're diversifying your money. Um, and this is really when you sit down with a financial advisor so you can see where your money's going. So three best friends, well, really four best friends that you should have regarding your business is a business attorney, an accountant, a financial advisor, and a business coach. Uh, those should really be your best best friends to help you with your, your business. So you want incomes that are tax-free, that are generating when you take that money out mm -hmm. tax-free. You want income that's generating to you that's, um, that's going to be taxable. Um, and you want income that's tax deferred. Mm -hmm. So when you're sitting down with your accountant and when you're sitting down with your financial advisor, having those conversations to see what is the best suit for your business to make mm -hmm. sure that you're generating all those for your business. Yes. And then last but not least, yes. go check out SCORE because they'll be able to help you tremendously with your business um, and how to get your business just just the wording, just the wording right. And then, like mm -hmm. I said, those four people that should be your best friends um, can help you with everything else. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Amanda. Yeah. So it is always it is great awesome. to, to hang out with you. We always have such a great time. And every time we get together, I mean, we, we have these, these life-changing conversations, uses over libations. Oh, she ain't been joining me on the libations lately. She you know, she's, she's, she's got a, a, a different, different strategy. That's okay. <laughs> but it's always great though, to, to be able to have a conversation, you learn from it and you grow from it. So I just want you to give, to give you an opportunity to tell everybody where they can stay in contact with you if they want to learn more about how to make those money moves. So I'll let you share your contact information with the, with the audience. Absolutely. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, is there, I can send you the message to put my LinkedIn information out there, right? Yeah. And, and then, um, Mama Y Marzouk. That's why I made sure I, I spelled yep. it out. Yeah. So Mama Y Marzouk. Um, and then also my cell phone number is 774-269-7327. You know, I put my phone number out there last uh, last week when we did this and I only received one phone call. So <laughs> we want to know how serious people really yeah. are about their, about their finances and what you're looking to do. Um, right. But let's talk, right. let's have a conversation. Take it from there. All right. Awesome. I'll put it on the screen. 774-269-7327. All right. Yes. So y'all make sure you give her a call. She didn't put a whole cell phone number out there, but thank you so much. We <laughs> appreciate you. I'm so glad to have had you on the show and uh, just always love to connect with you and just thank you for the money moves and the CEO moves that you are making. So thank you so much, everybody. Let's give her a virtual round of applause for being our, our CEO of the hour on conversations from the C-suite. So thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. All right. Well, you know, it has been great 
being here in the C-suite with you tonight in the C-suite, of course, is where women make the moves to create the lives they desire and deserve. And we want you to always feel something, learn something, but most of all, do something. Because whether you are the CEO of your company or the CEO or report to a CEO, you are always the CEO of your life. So make sure that you capitalize on these strategies, capitalize on your most powerful asset, which is your ability to create the life you desire and deserve. So until next time, I just want to thank you so much for joining Conversations from the C-Suite. I am Dr. Stephanie D. Barnes, your host, CEO of C-Suite Women's Network. And remember, the power is not in the conversation, but in your CEO moves. Make sure you create those circles of influence, educate and empower yourself so that you can be elevated and operationalize what you've learned so you can optimize your outcomes. Don't just talk about it, be about it, but don't wait. Remember, weight broke the scale. Now is the best time to do what you know that you need to do. And I just want to close out with saying, remember your life is the power, your life is the product of your choices. Choose to be the CEO of your life. I'm Dr. Stephanie D. Barnes, and I'll see you next time in the C-suite. Conversations from the C-suite, Girlfriend's Guide to Being the CEO. See you next time.